Hello and welcome back to the 19th episode of Dial Femme for Murder. 19 episodes, 19 my weeks. My age. You're 19? Mm-hmm. I was 19 yesterday. It was your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. It was my birthday yesterday. I was not turning 19. I turned 33. Do you want to talk about the absolute fail that happened on Friday? <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Well, like, we were... <laughs> Well, on Friday, like, we were supposed to, Emily uh, and I and our other th- and our friend who just had a baby were supposed to meet up for drinks, like, for mm-hmm. my birthday. Nothing crazy, just, you know, yeah. a late afternoon. Casual. Drink, cash drink. So, um, we get there. I meet Emily there. And I bring my puppy, because I wanted him to meet my <gasps> puppy as so well. so adorable. Um, and uh, we're there at the at the pub, and our friend has not arrived. So we message her like, "What's you know? Where uh, we're here? Where are you?" And then she messages back saying, "Oh, I can't. I'm cluster feeding. So every time I put the baby down, she cries. So I'm really sorry, blah blah." So we're like, "Okay, cool, fine." And then Emily was like, "I think I'm gonna leave. I need to go to the hospital. I think I've got DVT." <laughs> So for anybody that's, that is listening and cares about my life, which is like probably nobody, um, I have, or well, yeah, I have health anxiety. Yeah. So I took myself, I've basically been getting like really bad leg cramps, like really bad, probably because I don't do enough exercise and I sit in my fucking chair all day on my computer yeah. and I'm not walking enough. So I was having really bad leg cramps and on the way to the pub, oh my God, I had the most excruciating pain ever. And I was just panicking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I've got a blood clot. Oh my God, I'm going to die. So I was like, Martin, I'm so sorry. I just need to take myself. I'm panicking about this. Mm. But I went. Everything was all good. The yeah. doctor was very, very kind to me. Yeah. And do you know what? Yeah. I feel like I have made improvements because in the year 2018, I took myself to hospital about fucking five times thinking there was something wrong with me. Mm. And this was the first time that I'd taken myself to hospital out of like pure anxiety yeah. in a long time. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking like years. So mm. I feel pretty good about that. That is good. But as you can see, my birthday uh, <laughs> celebrations were turned into being all about Emily. As oh, fuck! Uh, conversation has now. No, I'm only kidding. Um, I have a, I suffer from anxiety, so I was like, I completely understand, Emily. No problem. Um, yeah. But I had some birthday celebrations yesterday. Because basically, long story sideways... Mm. Uh, one of my best friends, Ria, I've spoken about her on the podcast before. Um, she, we, me and her share a birthday. Mm-hmm. She's two years older than me, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Just making everyone aware of that. But our birthday is both on uh, the 7th of August. So we always spend it together. So yesterday we had a really good evening. We went to a um, nearby restaurant and they, we hired this li- little... Did sh- you? Yeah. What restaurant did you go to? Um, should I dox us on the podcast? <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's just a nice little restaurant in the middle of, in like a town just outside where I live. Um, and they have these like huts that you can hire. But they're, Was like, it the one that you were talking about before? The one that you you liked? The garden? No, it's a different one. Oh. Um, so it, <laughs> I don't think I've spoke to you about this one anyway. Oh, nice. Um, and it's got these little shack. They're like, bas- it's basically like a shed that they built, sheds that they've built outside. Nice. And you, and you hire it out. And um, ours was tiki themed. Happy days. Uh, and you can plug your Bluetooth music into it. And let me tell you something. They did the best cocktail I've ever had in my life. That sounds very cool. So you go like rent your own little place and put your own music on. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, why haven't we been? Um, I mean, it costs £65 to hire out the, the 
shared, which is probably that's, why. That's, that ain't that bad, though. If there was, like, four, four or five of us That's that true. That's true. We should go there in the future because it was really good and the food was delicious. I'm fully down. Um, and the cocktails. Oh, my God. I had seven, which is why I nice. am not feeling so funky fresh today, I yeah. will say. Martin wanted to cancel and I forced him into it. <laughs> I was lying in my bed and I was like, I can't do this. I'm hungover. Um, Self-inflicted <laughs> wounds. It was, but it, it was worth it because these cocktails were so good. It was a frozen es- vanilla espresso martini. Jesus Christ. And I had Sounds seven. very sugary. That's probably why you're um, really hungover. <clears throat> so, like, the sugar. Probably, but it was fucking delicious. I bet. Like, unbelievably delicious. I bet. Um, Which is a very, it's really a very powerful day today. Did you know that? No, Why? It's um, new moon in Leo, oh, which is your sign. Twilight again. This is your sign, new, new moon in Leo. Right. And it's also, because it's it's 8-8, eight, eight, right. right? So the number 8 is apparently supposed to be like, like it's a number of abundance. And it's the Lion's Gate portal. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that means, but apparently I've seen all over TikTok because my algorithm just feeds me like new age woo woo all the time. Mm-hmm. Just wants me to be like really into. It's basically my algorithm essentially wants me to start a new age cult. Okay. Like that's how close I am. It's very in your wheelhouse, I will say. Abs- absolutely. Um, and it, the, the algorithm just keeps telling me today is your day to manifest your dreams. So I have. What? written down some of my dreams oh that's good do you, would, yeah. you, would you like to share you don't have to well my number i'll share my first one my number one one and I, and do you know me i've never really been about this kind of thing okay. but i just keep thinking about it recently i'm like that'd be bloody nice that yeah. to own a house okay nice to like a, nothing like super fancy no. just like a nice a humble like, a humble abode a humble abode just to yeah. have somewhere and i want it to be rural and i'd like a dog and i just want to be left alone I so, to be left alone. So I am thinking, when I think about that, and I Hold think on, no, about... no, stop, stop. That literally is your, like, that song is perfect for you. Like, all I want is to be left alone inside my average home. <laughs> but why do I always feel like I'm in the twilight zone? That is true. Oh, my God, feeling. yeah. You I'm always attracted it. to weirdness. But, You're like, right. I, I also realise that that would make me, like, quite susceptible to being a, a victim of crime. Right. Being like you know, rural area, like woman alone. Yeah, uh huh. But yeah, you, what, so you couldn't get like a cute dog. Like you couldn't get a cute dog like mine. You'd have to get like a fucking Rottweiler. Yeah, I'd have to. I I feel like I want a hound, an Irish but, bloodhound. Have you seen yeah, but I'm also years? worried that like if I just died randomly in the house, mm. that it might eat me. See, that don't bother me. Well, yeah, I guess because you're dead, so you don't really. Yeah, know I have like there's people that go, oh no. I, obviously, you know, each their own. You you know, feel what you feel. But there's like um, all these people that want like really lavish funerals and stuff. It's like I ain't gonna be there. Yeah, because like I mean, as long as they just as long as, as long as they play some good music, that's all yeah, I'm really worried all I, about. Yeah, all I want is good music, and then put on a good spread afterwards. Yeah, good know? music, good vibes. Good that's music, it. Is good, that too much to ask for? Good music, good vibes, good food, and exactly. everyone, please get pissed. Like, exactly. do you know what I mean? But exactly. um, yeah, bury bury me in a cardboard box. I don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> nice <laughs> as awful as that like... sounds but like why waste i just i just think funerals are like a massive waste of money when you can i just, just think i want to be burned yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be cremated but then again, i'd like to be pay... burned in like some sort of like ceremony like the wicker man oh fuck that shit yeah, so yeah no, someone like... have to build a whole fucking wicker man for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> or like something where I'm just like, mate, I'm mate, put on like mate. a big pile of twigs or something. We can't even get together to celebrate a birthday. Yeah, that's true. How do you think we're all going to get together to build you a giant man of wicker? That's true. That you just want to be Nicolas Cage and it's not going to happen. Mate, I do. want. I want a pyramid coffin or I'm like a, pyramid grave. Oh my God, speaking of Nicolas Cage, this is really, I know no one will care about this, but I, they've just added a new film on um, Disney Plus called Snake Eyes, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA Dangerous Game, and it's got right. Nicolas Cage, I think Al Pacino, and Madonna in it. So, oh I'm, my god, Snake! I'm hang on, I'm Snake just Eyes, and I've snake actually, eyes. I've never seen it. 2021. No, that's it's older. Put oh. Dangerous Game. 1998. Yeah. Brian De Palma. Mate, I don't know. All I know is it's got Madonna and Nicolas is Cage. Is it De Palma in it. film? I don't know. And um, Brian De Palma, Brian De Palma did one of the greatest films of all time. Um, hang on, I'm just going to make sure that I'm getting this right. You're because, not. Yes, he did do the, one of the greatest films of all time. He directed the film Phantom of the Paradise. I don't think you're, 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 no, this is a different dangerous game. No, it's not. The, the film Snake Eyes. Directed by Albal Ferreira. No, with Nicolas Cage in. With Nicolas Cage, Madonna and Harvey Keitel. He was the director, Brian yeah. De Palma. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Maybe it doesn't have Nicolas Cage in it. You're thinking this sort this, this Snake Eyes, Nicolas Cage, John Hurd, Gary no, something. Different movie. Different oh, movie. <laughs> Sorry. It's got Louise Guzman in it as well. No, this one has Harvey Keitel, Madonna, James Russo, so right. Christopher Plummer. Okay, well, the Snake Eyes looks good. And I'm just going to say anyway that Brian De Palma created one of the greatest films of all time, which is Phantom of the Paradise, which is like a 1970s rock opera in the vein of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it's based on Phantom of the Opera. Oh, nice. It's fucking brilliant. It's funny. It's one of the most underrated musicals of all time. Well, um, no, we all know the most underrated musical of all time is Grease 2. But anyway... Um... <laughs> So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this film isn't the one that's on on Disney Plus. Maybe it is the Nicolas Cage Snake. I don't know. Snake Eyes looks good. I'm not gonna lie. A shady oh. police detective finds himself in the middle of a murder conspiracy at an important boxing match in an Atlantic City casino. Okay. I mean, yeah, that does sound good. So I kind that of, hopes. but I kind of hope it's that one then. But I want to see the Madonna one because you know I love Madonna. Um, speak, going back to things about like, you know, the uh, new age woo-woo shit, mm -hmm. um, Emily got me like such an amazing gift for my birthday in that short 20 minutes that we were together on Friday. Um, it was Golden Girls Tarot Cards. Love it. Have you oh, done my, spread yet? I did. I did. I did the three one, you know, the past, present, the future. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty, pretty spot on. Nice. Um, yeah, it was good. I love a good tarot card. Do you know what I did last night? I was flicking through um, TikTok for ages and I was like, um, obviously just not going to sleep. And mm. I was going through all these videos that were like testing your intuition. It was mm. like, okay, guess what colour I'm thinking of. Oh, and I got no, all I of I got all of them right. I, I mean, good for you, but like you look happy and healthy. Um, <laughs> but you are a damn sociopath. Uh <laughs> Anyway, I, do you know what, actually, right, I watched a show, I don't think, you, I think you would fucking hate it. Go on. Um, it's on Apple TV. Um, What's it called? Schmigadoon. <laughs> Sorry, what? Schmigadoon. Are you taking the piss? No, I'm not. It's basically, do you know why I love it? Because it's it's done by Lorne Michaels. 
Right. And you know, it's got good reviews. On a backpacking trip designed yeah. to reinvigorate their relationship, a couple discovers a magical town living in a 1940s musical. Oh, that sounds kind of like um, like Pleasantville vibes. Yeah, it is good. It is good. And it's, like I said, it's Lorne Michaels. So I love Lorne Michaels stuff. Saturday Night Live now is a bit shit, but like, you know. Now? It's always been a bit shit. You know, 30 Rock. Lorne Michaels does 30 Rock. Uh, he was to do with Kimmy Schmidt. Basically, anything Tina Fey touches, I love. Right. Um, I don't think Tina Fey's got anything to do with Schmigadoon, but and the episode I watched today, Jane Krakowski was in it. Right. Do you know who that is? Yeah, she's in 30 Rock. She is, and she's also in Kimmy Schmidt, and she was like a Broadway. She started on Broadway. Um, nice. And I adore her, but I highly recommend Shimigadoon to anyone that this likes. This has got quite a good few people <coughs> in it. It's got like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Key's in it. Yeah. Was it Keegan Michael Key? Um, yeah, it's got Cecily Strong. I don't know that. Fred Armisen's in it. Yeah, I don't um, <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth. Martin Short's in it. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in it Apparently one... he plays a leprechaun. He played a leprechaun in, like, one scene. Fucking um, hell. It's got Kristen Chenoweth in it. It's got uh, Alan Cumming. Um, right. It's very good. I, and they're only, like, 20-minute episodes. And right, right, right. New episode every Friday in the last season. Last episode comes out next Friday. But it's it's good. I like it. It's, you know, it's nice. fun. Schmigadoon. Nice. And there's, you know, the musical numbers and stuff like nice. that. Nice. Um, Have good. you got any pop culture updates this week or...? Uh, what's been going on in the world? I've been too busy living my best life. Uh, <laughs> living my in my birthday month. No, I'm kidding. That's true. That's I do true. have one. I sent it to you earlier in this week, which Go it on. just cements the fact that me and Jake Gyllenhaal are destined to be together. Go right? on. <clears throat> so Jake Gyllenhaal has released a fragrance with, or he's like the face of the new fragrance by Prada or whatever. I want to get right. it because I hope that's what he smells like and I want to smell him anyway. <laughs> Judging by this, he probably doesn't smell like it. Um, J- I, I, the headline is, Jake Gyllenhaal finds bathing more and more to be less necessary. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we are destined to be together. I kind of, Ooh. I feel the same. And I also kind of like man stink. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, Not stink. I'm... Like, I don't want you to smell like you've got B.O., but you know. I I have to clean every day. Otherwise, I feel it just makes me feel really miserable. No, I don't give a shit. Oh no, I always, I, I feel like I'm just generally quite messy. Like I often like, I'll put on like black sweatpants, right? Yeah. And I'll wear them for a day and I'll look down and I'm like, why are they covered in dirt? When oh, I've 100%. literally just been eating well, in it's, my it's, room. It's crumbs, isn't it? Like, that's yeah, like, I'm crumbs. just covered in fucking yeah. crumbs. Yeah. But Awful. I just wanted to let everyone know, I'm just going to read this quote from Jijin, that he's Go not on. a stinky bastard. He says, more and more I find bathing to be less necessary at times. I do believe, because Elvis Costello is wonderful, debatable, that good manners <laughs> and bad breath get you nowhere. So I do that. But I also think there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance and we naturally clean ourselves. I Disab- mean, that's a fair, that's a fair point. I just want to be like lying in bed with him, just stinking the house down together. But you're just lazy though. Well, yeah, but like, I just, no, I just don't see, like, yeah, I'm lazy. And I just want to be lazy with Jake Gyllenhaal. I want to, like, smell his body odours. and you know. That's fair enough. Oh, my God, that, that fair s- enough. sounds really disgusting. I do apologise. It does. You know, it, there isn't a podcast that goes by without you just being, like, fucking, like, putting all your hopes and desires and dreams out there. Yeah, they are. You know, you're manifesting, mate. That's I am manifesting. Oh that God, is what you're you doing. Imagine? Like, just the. Th- I know this, and I'm not saying. I'm, I'm why not- don't you, mate? Why don't you do it? Just write a fucking list and be like, I want somebody that looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I don't want someone that looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. I want Jake Gyllenhaal. 
<laughs> well, why not do it? Manifest what am I, it. What am I supposed to write down, like, my innermost, like, wants and needs? Yeah. With Jake what's I'm going to write down on a bit of paper. There's nothing I want more than to bury my face into Jake Gyllenhaal's musty armpit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you just go, oh? Yeah. Were you <laughs> yes. about to kink shame me? <laughs> Were you about Absol- to kink absolutely. shame me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have no shame doing it. No, because you love a good kink shame. Truly do. Always. I don't think much else has happened. I mean, Britney Spears has got an iPad now, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's what, that was big news this week. Shall we get into the case? Let's do it, let's do We've it. We've rambling. We always rambling do. Everyone loves a ramble. It's the best part of the podcast. No it one's here to listen about the murders or the cults. They're here to listen about us talk about shit and how I love smelly armpits, anyway. That's true. <laughs> that is true. The only true crime podcast that focuses on stinky armpits. Okay, no, not stinky, musty. <laughs> musty, okay. okay yeah. like, a, like the smell <laughs> when you like walk into... Um, like a school gym. Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Not teenage must, man must. Okay, no. Man must. Like, like a man who, who's been working hard, chopping down trees in the forest all day. Nice. Kind of thing. Not like he's a teenager running around a field. He's He's been lumberjacking all day. Right. Uh, living off the fat of the land. Love it. Got it. Sorry. I got it. Okay, cool. Right, go. All right. So this week's case um, is quite a tangled web. And that's we the love na- a tangled web. That is the that is the name of the book that came out based on this. Well, it was about this case, and also the name of the uh, twenty twenty documentary that I watched to bring you all of this information. Let's and it's do a it. good documentary, so I would recommend people watch it. Okay. So. Our story begins in 2012 in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, there's a guy there called Dave Krupa, and he's a 35-year-old mechanic, and by everybody's accounts, he's like a really kind of like normal, nice guy. Nothing very remarkable, average dude, etc. Mm-hmm. And he'd recently separated from his long-term girlfriend called Amy, with whom he'd had two children, and they'd been together for 12 years. And he's newly single, so he moves to Omaha, and he got himself an apartment. And he said in a documentary that he'd been out of the dating pool for a long time, so he decided to go on the dating sites, Mm -hmm. as you do. Kind of like, you know, he's not looking for anything serious. No. He's just looking for, you know, a little bit of fun. So the first woman that Dave met online was a woman named Shanna Elizabeth Goliar. And she was known as Liz, going through by her like middle name. Right. And she was a single mother with two kids that were single mom that works two jobs. She really was. A single mother with two kids that were about the same age as Dave's children. Okay. And she's fairly successful. She's got her own housekeeping business. And their first date was at a coffee shop. And Dave said he was immediately attracted to her. But he was very upfront about wanting a casual relationship. Like, he just wanted a bit of fun. No yeah, commitment, he just wanted basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was, like, upfront about that. Mm-hmm. So, in this time, Dave's also talking to a bunch of other women. He's been out at a dating pool for a while. He's doing the casual sex thing. That's his vibe. Living Fair his enough. best life. Like, yeah. Come on. So he says that he was like going wild a little bit after being single for the first time in a long time. And it all kind of changed when a woman named Carrie Father comes into um, Dave's work. Now she brought her car into his shop and Dave said that he was immediately attracted to her. Mm -hmm. She was 37, a single mother to a 14 year old son named Max and she was a computer programmer. She grew up in a small town called Macedonia in Iowa. So, like, 
Arkansas, uh, sorry, is it Arkansas? No, Nebraska. Nebraska and Iowa are like really close to each other. Yeah. I'm fairly certain. Does, does it not like really weird sidebar? Does it not like Go really on. weird you out when there are loads of places in America that just have the same name as places in other places of the world? There's so many places like that in America. There's like, places like called Bethlehem and stuff like, like that. Like Birmingham so. or Boston yeah, and Macedonia. I was like, yeah, oh, it's okay. weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. So weird. So Carrie was really close with her mum, Nancy, and they mm-hmm. spoke like all, every day without yeah. fail, basically. Mm-hmm. She was really sociable and smart and she had a lot of friends. And um, she said that she always wanted to be known as having a smile on her face. Yeah. She was devoted mother to her son, Max, and she doted on him all the time. But she's a human being, so she developed depression in her late 20s and mm-hmm. she was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. She had, like, a few kind of, like, bad depressive episodes where she would, like, just spend the week in bed, that kind of thing. Yeah. But she was... That was kind of, like, the furthest that it got. Mm-hmm. But by 2012, she was in a good place. She'd gotten this job as a computer programmer and things were kind of, like, looking up. She was very smart. She kind of had, like, things going for her and she was on medication at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um... Dave said that there was chemistry between them immediately and they were like really get like hitting it off and Carrie spoke to her friends and she basically says the same thing. Yeah. Now, a few days after they met, Dave finds her on the online dating website and he contacts her. And they end up having their first date at Applebee's. Oh my god, and, I love Applebee's. And everything goes well and Carrie goes back to Dave's house. Now, mm. they made out, did whatever and Carrie stopped him and said if they were going to go any further then it had to be like a casual thing now obviously so like Dave's on the same page yeah, yeah Dave's happy about it because he's looking for a casual hookup too and he mm. says like he couldn't have written it better it was perfect they were both on the same page yeah. so that same night Carrie left the apartment as Liz was arriving to pick up some things that she'd left in Dave's apartment right Dave says that they probably saw each other for all of six seconds. It was a very brief encounter. Mm. And Carrie tells her friend that the date went really well and she was just happy, like, seeing where it went. Now, Carrie's work was really close to where Dave was living at the time, but Carrie lived, like, an hour away. And she had, like, a really big project coming up at work. So Dave offered for her to stay at his house to avoid her having to do that really long commute back and forth. Um, and Carrie's son, Max, in that time was staying with her mother just while she was working on um, this big project and staying at Dave's house. Mm. Now, on November 13th, 2012, Dave leaves to work at 6.30 in the morning and kisses Carrie goodbye. She's on the couch with her laptop. Everything is super normal. Like, there's no signs of anything being wrong. While he's at work, he gets a text from Carrie saying, let's move in together. Oh, Dave says it came out of nowhere because Carrie was like really adamant on having a casual relationship. So he texts her back and he's like, no, we've only known each other for a little while. Like we agreed we're going to be taking this slow and like seeing where it goes. Mm. He immediately gets a series of texts from Carrie saying, fine, that she's dating somebody else and that she doesn't want to see him anymore. And he's like, what the fuck? This is totally out of the blue. Mm. Like, what is going on? Mm. On that same day, Carrie sends a text to her mum saying that um, she was taking a job in Kansas, which was like a total surprise. Carrie's mum spoke to Max, her son, about it. Mm. And he says that she had looked at a job in Kansas, so it could be like a real thing. Um, And Carrie's mum tries to get her on the phone, but Carrie refuses to talk to her. 
like this raises massive red flags for Carrie's mum because like I said, like they would talk at least once a day. So when she says refuses to talk to her, does she mean like she wouldn't pick up the phone? Wouldn't pick up the phone. Carrie's mum was like, um, right. just put, please, I want to hear your voice. She was like, no, I'm not talking on the phone. It was okay. all through text. Yeah. Now Carrie's mum thought it was weird, but she also thought she'd be seeing her soon because her stepbrother was getting married in a few days and Carrie would be there at the wedding. Like mm. Max was also going to be an usher. Like everyone was going to be there. So a day goes by and um, Dave's phone starts blowing up with texts again from Carrie. She says that she hates him, she, that he's ruined her life, like calls him a terrible person, piece of shit, like X, Y, and Z. Um, and they don't know each other for like two weeks at that point. So Dave is like, this person is unhinged and he thinks that he's dodged a bullet. He's like, please just leave me alone. Yeah. So in this time as well, Carrie texts her mum and tells her that she sold all of the furniture in the house and she wants her to her mum to let the buyer into the house to like pick up all of the furniture. Right. And she texts a picture of a cheque addressed to Carrie for $5,000 as proof that it's sold. What, for a, for a, for a house? No, like for her furniture in her house. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So just, just remember that. Okay. The cheque. Okay. So Carrie didn't show up to the wedding and she didn't pick up Max, which prompted Carrie's mum to report her missing. She was yeah. like, enough, mm. something's going on. So the police came out and they took the report and Carrie's mum mentioned to police that she'd been diagnosed as bipolar. And that kind of prompted the police to not take it very seriously. Their, Why their do theory... they always do that? Like, exactly, I hate yeah. that. Exactly. They, they, their theory was she's got, she's gone off her meds She's mm. gone off the rails. She'll show up at some point or another, yeah, right? I hate that. And they also thought that because she was still texting, nothing had happened to her. Yeah. So a lot of the text messages that Carrie sent Dave were focused on Liz, the woman that he dated for a while before meeting Carrie. Uh. And in this time, Liz got into contact with Dave and she told him that Carrie is also harassing her via text and email. And she wants to know, like, how this woman had managed to track her down and why she's getting on if they all of this abuse. Mm. Now, on November 23rd, 2012, and this was 10 days after Carrie was last seen, Liz arrives home from work to see that her garage had been vandalised. On the inside of her garage, someone had written the words, whore from Dave, inside her garage. Whore and, from Dave. Yeah. Such a lovely lo love letter. I know. So she called the police, she filed a report and she tells them about Dave and Carrie and the police show up at Dave's work. He's the last person that is at, like seen her. So they, immediately the police are a bit kind of like... Sus, yeah. Yeah, super yeah. sus about yeah. him. Yeah. But when he shows them his phone and all of the abusive texts on it, it like plays really well with this police theory at the time that Carrie was having a mental break as a result of being bipolar. Right. Okay. So Carrie still keeps on texting her mum, but there are zero phone calls, at, like none at all. Mm. And Max was also getting texts from her saying that he would be coming to Kansas to live with her soon. Right. She ends up missing Thanksgiving. She misses Max's birthday and she also misses her own dad's funeral. And Nancy decides at that point to like take over guardianship of Max to prevent him being moved. Mm. And Carrie sent a text to her mum saying, I'm sorry I missed the funeral. And her mum responds, the only way I will know this is you is if you call me and I hear your voice. Obviously, Carrie doesn't call her or communicate in any way via text. Mm. 
um, that's the only sorry, that's the only way that she communicates. Yeah. So the the text starts to get very mean and abusive towards Carrie's mum as well, saying that she was mean, she was a bad mother, and Dave's still receiving abusive text message. He said that he recalls like a normal day would be receiving sixty text messages and over a hundred emails. Bloody hell! I know, crazy. And a lot of these messages referred to Liz, saying things like she is nothing and she's a fat cow, she looks like a lost puppy, maybe she'll do us all a favour and kill herself, lol. And she also wrote to Liz saying, if you don't keep your hands or lips off my man, I will hurt you. Right, so it's all getting a bit dark. So Dave also recalls one night sitting in front of the TV in his lazy boy recliner and he gets a text from Carrie saying, I see you sitting in your chair with your feet propped up wearing a blue shirt. He's that's exactly what he was doing, that was what he oh was my wearing. God, so freaky. Terrifying. Yeah. Like it's proper stalking. Yeah. And she said in her emails that her favourite thing to do was just stand outside Dave's window and stare at him. Oh my god. Terrifying. That really so, is really is so now one night in january dave comes home from work and he sees a vehicle in the parking lot and he recognized it to be carrie's car it was a ford explorer and obviously he'd done work on it before so he knew exactly what it looked like Mm. and he took a picture of the license plate and he sent it to the police the police came and they searched the car and they found one fingerprint on the whole car they found one fingerprint it was on a mint container that was like um, in that little bit between like, you know, each seat. Yeah, so so the the whole car had been like wiped to fingerprints. Well, basically, yeah, because it's a bit weird that there was only one fingerprint that was like able to be retrieved. So it didn't match Carrie or anyone in the FBI national database. Now, at this point, Carrie's mum is sure that something's happened to her. And she said that she had a dream where Carrie's dad had come to her and said, don't worry about Carrie, she's with me, which is like really disturbing yeah because really like hold on wasn't the dad dead yeah but she dad's come to her in a dream oh i thought you meant like in real life oh my god no 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 that is so fucked up yeah so around five months after carrie's disappearance her mum gets a phone call from a man that says that carrie is in a homeless shower and she wants her to come and pick her up but when she gets there carrie's not there like it was it wasn't carrie yeah that was there so Carrie's friend Amber gets a message from her saying that she's made a really big mistake and she wants to come home. But Amber can't get Carrie on the phone, can't get her to meet anywhere. Like there's just no, it's just people getting these weird text messages mm. and there's nothing else. And at this point, Max reaches out to his mum on Facebook and he asked her to answer three questions to prove it was really her. And those questions were, what is my middle name? What was our first boxer's name? And who was my best friend as a little kid? And she never responded, but she posted on Facebook saying, I've answered enough questions to prove myself to everyone and I am done. I'm not missing. I just don't want to come home. Right. Right. So at this point, like Dave's absolutely terrorized. Mm. He's being threatened with death and Liz is as well. And they're both kind of bonding over the fact that they're being stalked. Yeah. They'd refer to Carrie as Crazy Carrie and they began to start dating again because obviously... It kind of brought them closer together, like the trauma. Yeah, shared trauma, exactly. So Dave said it was common for them to be hanging out together and they'd get text messages and emails from Carrie when they were together. Mm. 
Right. And one night, Dave's alone, he gets an email with an image of what looked like a woman tied up in the back of a car. And the message on the email read, you need to call Liz and tell her she's a whore and you don't want to see her anymore or I'm going to kill her. So Dave obviously calls Liz mm. and she's not tied up in the back of a car. She's absolutely fine. Right. So Dave, and, and Dave literally says, like, on the documentary, he was like, that oh, was just a normal day, just a normal day. Not even shocking anymore that it's oh, like... So he the, got so desensitised to the, yeah. the terror, yeah. Exactly. And Carrie even sent him an obituary for, for Liz that she had created, calling Liz a whore and a man-stealer, and thank God she is gone. Oh, which is incredibly dark. Yeah. So in August of 2013, Dave gets a call from Liz, frantic, saying that her house has been burnt down. Right. And he goes over, and indeed, like, the house has been destroyed by fire. I don't think it was fully burnt down, but it was, like, it was pretty gutted by the fire. Yeah. And the fire ended up killing two dogs, a cat and a snake. And there's audio of the police officer at the scene talking to Liz about the fire, and he says it looks pretty obvious that it's, it was intentional. Mm. Liz tells him that Carrie has been stalking her since November and how she's made threats towards her and her children and that she won't leave her alone. And Dave is, like, saying that he's wrapped with guilt over it because he feels like he's, like, dragged Liz um, yeah. into this, this like, whole mess with him. Mm. So two months later, Dave's workplace is vandalised with a spray paint message that says, Dave beats women. Oh. Grim. And he ends up buying a gun for his own safety because he's feeling increasingly paranoid. Yeah. And on the one-year anniversary of their first date, Carrie sends Dave a message that's addressed to my husband. And it includes a photograph of a knife and a note saying that she'd been creeping around in his building. Oh, this is so creepy. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Now, despite Dave and Liz seeing each other, they weren't, again, they weren't serious. No. And Dave was still kind of like talking to other women online, mm. right? Mm. Um, but each of the women Dave tries to meet become a target of Carrie's obsession. So, like, if anybody's shown interest on it to him on, like, Facebook or anything, mm. they will get messages oh, really? from Carrie. Carrie, yeah. So Carrie's yeah. basically, like, obviously she's stalking him, but she's also stalking him online and trying yeah. to put the uh what they what's the phrase put the willies up the women yeah exactly um, trying to freak them out trying to scare them yeah exactly mm. so in january 2014 um dave's high school friend heather visited him and heather says that within a couple of hours his phone was blown up now carrie had apparently seen her come in and was sending him messages mm. so dave confides in heather that he's being stalked by her mm. and they end up going to bed and just as they're about to start settle down for the night, a brick is thrown through Dave's bathroom window. Right. The police come, reports yeah. made, um, and they leave. And Dave basically was worried about Liz because things are starting to escalate. So they go over to Liz's house, mm. um, but you know everything's fine. And yeah. despite everything, Liz still really wants to pursue a relationship with Dave. She's like. She's not put off by it. She's not put off by it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. So um, in this time, Dave's ex, Amy, also begins receiving threats. 
And Dave said that it becomes like this massive strain on everybody involved. Mm. And the police weren't really doing anything about it. Like Dave says that it just became like a normal part of his life. He just kind of like normalised the fact that he's got a stalker. Yeah, it's just kind of like we'd see a text, but oh, it's just a stalker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like he changed his number a thousand times. A thousand times, like mm. the different emails. And yeah. he'd always be tracked down. Yeah. Um, now in the spring of 2015, which is two and a half years since Carrie was last seen, yeah. two detectives heard about the case around the office and it had since gone cold total cold case no leads she hasn't shown up anywhere it's just that they don't really know what's going on right so these two detectives are really intrigued and they started to like dig around on the case but from a new angle and both of them they say in the documentary that they like uh, they basically gave each other these two like opposing roles one of them was going to try and prove that carrie was still alive and the other was going to try and prove that she was dead right okay so they were coming at it from both angles basically yes, yeah exactly now when they started to investigate they saw that there was no activity on any of carrie's bank accounts and nobody had seen her in over two years and nobody had heard her voice like at yeah, all yeah so i mean i have a question like she had this job right mm. she had this big project what was she just not going to work anymore or? no she completely left she left totally off mm. the face of the earth okay. off the face of the earth yeah. so another angle they started to explore was like carrie's mum's theory because she was adamant that something was going on and she told the detectives these text messages are rife with spelling mistakes from mm. carrie like carrie doesn't type like this yeah the text messages don't sound like her and the detectives also saw these like real flaws in the investigation because a lot of stuff was kind of chalked up to well her disappearance was chalked up to her mental illness yeah which is just bullshit and they highlighted that carrie's life had been going like really well Mm -hmm. at the time and that hundreds of thousands of people diagnosed with bipolar disorder and they don't just disappear off the face of the earth absolutely yeah so with their determination they decided to reopen the case and get to the bottom of what actually happened Mm -hmm. so they through this kind of like process of elimination they come to the determination that carrie may not be alive anymore right but that still leaves the mystery of the text messages and the emails so they have to bring in a digital forensic expert who starts to work on the case now this person is working with over fifteen thousand emails from carrie to dave over a three-year span you'd just stop reading your emails really wouldn't you you wouldn't read them Uh, yeah yeah exactly people would be like have you got email address i'd be like no i don't use email you don't want to know why but i don't use email yeah and they start to work off this assumption that the messages aren't coming from Carrie. Right. Because there's been no activity. Like, yeah, if she's... she was to go, if she was to have, like, packed up her life, there would have at least been some sort of trace of her financially. Yeah, well, how would she be able to survive without money? So... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So when the initial investigation was going on, Liz had given her phone to the police as she was also getting all of these crazy Im- uh, messages. Mm. And they basically downloaded her entire phone okay and there was so much stuff on there that obviously some things had been missed in the initial investigation yeah. now when the forensic expert digital forensic detective like went in and fully like went through all of this they found an image that was downloaded off of liz's phone and it was an image of carrie's car and when they looked at the metadata, they saw that that image was taken a month before the police recovered her vehicle, which meant that Liz knew where that car was before the police did. 
Mm. Now, they also found six calls were made to Carrie's house using star 69, yeah, star yeah, 60, yeah. whatever it is, to withhold the number. Yeah. And they were like, well, why would Liz have contacted Carrie six times when they'd never met and they'd only seen each other once in a hallway? Yeah. Very weird. That is weird. So they also went back and they looked at the email Carrie had sent with the image of a woman tied up in the back of the car. Yeah. They found that same image in Liz's phone and the metadata showed that it was taken from Liz's phone. Oh, She had put duct tape on her own mouth, bound her hands and taken a photograph of herself in the back of the car and presumably sent it to Dave. What? Right, I know, right? That's mental. I know. So in May of 2015, the detectives went to go and talk to Carrie's mum and told her, they basically sat her down and they were like, we believe you. We don't think that Carrie's left of her own free will and we are like, we're going to find out what, what is going on. Yeah. Now, while they were looking over the evidence again, they find the image of the cheque, okay? Right? In, in Liz's phone. No, no, they found they found the image. They got the image of the check from um, Carrie's mum, right? Because Carrie's mum basically given that all over okay, to yeah, the police yeah. beforehand. Yeah. But they've gone back and looked at it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they looked at the check, guess who it was signed by? No, you're fucking. Yeah. You're having a bubble. Right. I'm not having a bubble. It was signed by Shanna Golia. Right. But everybody kind of knew her as Liz. Oh. She went by this name, Liz. Yeah. But her name was Shanna Elizabeth Gollier. So she... That's stupid. That is very... That's a very stupid move. She had signed that cheque. She was the one that was was supposedly buying the furniture from Carrie's house. That is so weird. Why would you do that? Why would you sign your own name to a cheque? Very bizarre. And it was another piece of evidence that connected those women together and it made Liz a direct suspect. So they were like, we, she's connected. We need to get more evidence and like bring this case, like get, like sort it out basically. Yeah. So they decided to compare the fingerprints that were found on that box of mints in Carrie's car to Liz's. Mm-hmm. And it was a match. Mm. And they, they, at this point, they're like, well, we've got to tell Dave what's mm. going on because, you know, he needs to be aware but there is also an active investigation so they couldn't tell him like what they'd found yeah but they basically had to come to him and say like we believe that she is pretending to be carrie and has something to do with her disappearance you need to be careful or like you need to kind of or almost trying to be like you know see what information you can get be careful basically Yeah. yeah but dave because he hasn't seen any evidence of this Right. And the police aren't providing him with evidence. He was like, he said that he was feeling like very traumatized by what happened. And the fact that he'd received messages from Carrie while him and Liz had been together, like the whole thing didn't make sense of him, to him. So he was like a little bit sus of the whole thing. Yeah, right? okay. So in December 2015, yeah. Liz arrives at the sheriff's office and speaks to an officer. She came there through, through her own free will. Right. And the detectives investigate him the case just happened to like see her walking through the corridor with another police officer and she was basically making a report there 
and and we'll get into that but they decide after she leaves they decide to follow her to her house and ask her some follow-up questions about her visit right Mm -hmm. they they basically they don't have enough evidence to make an arrest at this point so they see this as like this is an opening yeah we can now go and just under the pretense that we're questioning her about you know the things that she's coming to report that's where we'll go so they go in and Liz basically says, like, she thinks that she's being harassed not by Carrie father, right. but by Amy, Dave's ex-girlfriend and the mother of his children. Right. Okay. okay. So the detectives ask if they can retrieve the harassing messages from her phone and she agrees. Right. She basically, it signs over her whole phone. Yeah. Like they can sh- get everything off yeah. of it. Like, literally everything off of that phone. Yeah. Now, remember how David bought a gun for protection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it had recently been stolen a few days prior and Dave had reported it to the police and Liz mentions it to the detectives and she says that she thinks Amy was the one to steal the gun. Right. Okay. okay. The next day, December 5th, 2015, Liz goes to Big Lake Park to take an evening walk in the dark okay okay she takes a seat to rest on a bench and she says that she's then approached by a woman who's holding a gun the woman says how do you like fucking dave tells her to get on the ground and then shoots her in the thigh she's yeah shoots liz in the thigh right and she says that the woman ran off into the woods so Liz, who's been shot in the thigh, rushes back to her car and calls the police. Mm-hmm. The police search. A helicopter goes out to search. They couldn't find the woman who had shot her. Not a trace. Almost as if she would she disappeared into thin air, basically. Right. Like Carrie had before her. All right. So while Liz initially said that she couldn't see who shot her because they were behind her, she quickly changes that story and says that Dave's ex, Amy, was the one that shot her. Now, Amy has a solid alibi and there was zero evidence that pointed to anyone else being in the park that night. Okay. But the detectives determined that Liz had shot herself and and they tell Dave and they're like, she's, she's taken, she's stolen your gun. She shot herself in the thigh. And Dave finally believes that Liz is the real person that's been stalking him all along. Now. The forensic detectives spend over 3,000 hours trying to figure out where all of these messages came from. And they discovered that Liz had signed up for 30 fake emails in Carrie's name. 30? Yeah. Yeah. And they eventually managed to trace all of the emails back to Liz's um, IP address. Right. And she was also using an app where she could send messages and receive them at a later time. Now, they bring Liz in for an interview on December 14th and they tell her that they're working on trying to find Carrie Father and they just want to ask her some questions. Right. Now, they tell her that they've found some remains that have been located. But they and haven't. No. And Are, ask, are police allowed to do that? Yes, I think so. They're allowed to just lie? I don't, I don't know what the intricacies are of it. Well, I guess if they're, I guess, uh, for want of a better phrase, if they're doing it for a good cause, like, mm. do you know what I mean? I, I think, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's a grey area, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, they ask Liz if she thinks that anyone would have wanted to hurt Carrie. Right. And Liz is like, well, I didn't know her. I didn't know her very well. Um... But she um, continues to mention Dave's ex, Amy, and she's trying to shift the blame onto her. Now, the cops, they know that Liz is lying, but they're playing along because they're trying to get the information out of her, basically. So 
they say to her that they're going to need her help in getting Amy to confess to Carrie's murder. And they say that if she gets any messages from Amy about Carrie to let them know ASAP so they can start building a case. Like, they basically want her to incriminate herself, herself much yeah. much yeah. like she did by dropping information about a stolen gun and then turning up shot in the thigh a day later. And basically. signing a cheque in her own name. Exactly. Yeah. So just a few days later, they get messages from Liz that, according to her, are from Amy confessing to shooting her. Right, okay. And the detectives keep up communication with Liz and they tell her, like, well, we need information about Carrie to be able to do something. So Liz forwards a new email from, allegedly from Amy, with details about how she had attacked her with a knife and stabbed her four times and burned her her body in a garbage can. Why the fuck would Amy, if she'd be telling Liz this, Exactly. Weird, isn't it? So in this time, the detectives encourage Dave to move in with Amy, right? Hopeful that it might encourage Liz to incriminate herself even further. Now, Liz at this point is extremely agitated and there's like a tape of her being like, it's not fair, she's killed someone, she's shot me and then she gets to move in with Dave, you need to arrest her as soon as possible. But the detectives are like, we need more details. So within days, there are more emails where Amy confesses to killing Carrie in her car. Right. So the police go back to the vehicle and they do a more thorough check and they pull the fabric off of the chairs in the car and when they do, they find a big red stain. Oh. And they test that stain for human blood, and it comes up positive. Mm. So they finally located the murder scene. So now, it's it's Carrie's car? It's Carrie's car. Right, okay. So the blood on the seat was also a match for Carrie's DNA. Right. Now Liz at that time had a warrant out for an unpaid traffic violation so they go and arrest her and they bring her in for that right and when she's there they begin to question her about carrie they confront her on the fingerprints being in her car she's really angry she's super defensive Mm. they tell her that her ip address has been traced and that they know that she wrote the emails they ask her why she's created all of these emails, but she's like fighting too for now. She's like, I didn't do it. Mm. I haven't done any of this. Yeah. So while she's being interviewed, the detectives get a search warrant and they search her apartment. Okay. Inside her apartment, yeah. they find Carrie's digital camera and her camcorder, yeah. which meant that at some point Liz had been into Carrie's house and stolen those items from her house right okay now on carrie's camera they find a video taken two days before she went missing where she finds out that her car has been vandalized and she's like talking into the camera being Mm. like somebody's vandalized my car with white spray paint and they show the car Mm. Uh, she shows the car like and and it's been like basically just like a big kind of mark on it basically and like they put two and two together and they're like well, obviously, it was Liz mm. who did that, like, a few days before she went missing. Yeah. Right? So they finally get the arrest warrant, okay? Like, mm-hmm. they're like... We're, we're arresting her now we're, for... We're done yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they start to begin the prepare for the trial. And Liz's mm. defence attorney tries to pick holes in the case. They say that there was no body, there's mm. no work murder weapon that's been found, there's no proof that Carrie had even died. Mm. Um, and they end up 
basically her attorney wanted them to like waive a jury trial um right. basically speeding the case up so the trial would be presided over just by a judge mm -hmm. instead of a jury um and they wanted a quicker trial before carrie's body could be found right basically. okay yeah, yeah um so before the trial the, de the detectives visited dave looking for anything that they might have missed like while investigating mm. and he remembered that he had like a tablet that had been in storage for a year and a half he was like oh it's just a random tablet might have something on it i don't know like a like a oh like a ipad tablet right yeah, yeah and it had been okay. in storage for a while and the right. forensic detective examined the tablet and found that it had a memory card in it and the memory card had been totally wiped but there was deleted information on it that right. they could still read. Yeah. And that memory card had been in Liz's phone and it had thousands of deleted images on it, right. including the image of a decomposing uh. human foot with a tattoo on it. And it was the same tattoo that Carrie had on her foot. It was a Chinese symbol for the word mother. Oh, shit. Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. So in May 2017, they went to trial, included the new evidence, and Liz was found guilty of first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to life imprisonment. Yeah. After the trial, Leslie Rule, who was the daughter, who is the daughter of um, Anne Rule, the famed true crime writer who wrote right. the book about Ted Bundy, yeah. um, Leslie wrote a book called about the case called A Tangled Web and exchanged letters with Liz. Mm. And Liz is still adamant that she is innocent and that the real stalker and murderer is out there. Dave is absolutely traumatised by what happened, said he doesn't I trust bet. anyone. <laughs> I bet. And obviously Carrie's family and her child have lost their daughter and their mother. But Carrie's mum did end this documentary that I mm. watched saying that she cannot thank those detectives enough yeah. for reopening that cold case and mm. giving the family closure Absolutely, and putting yeah. Liz behind bars and finally getting some sort of justice. So did they never find Carrie's body? Not as far as I know. Oh, God, that's so horrible horrendous because well, obviously if if what liz put in that email that was allegedly from amy but was obviously from her is yeah, right yeah. then it appears to have been burnt yeah and it's uh, yeah it's just and and she's but she's had so much time to dispose of it as well yeah but like why would you take pictures of that well why would you do it like do you know almost like a kid. yeah she's a psychopath that like is... a fully, like a fully, she burnt down her house with her animals inside it. Imagine simping that hard for a man called Dave. It's just weird. She murdered a woman. She murdered this woman. For over, over a guy that was like, oh, I only want something casual. But it's not even that. It's just like, she, like. Well, yes, yeah, she's awful that she murdered, but it's basically she saw this girl for like six seconds and in that six yeah. seconds she decided that that girl needs to die yeah because she's with the man that she wants to be with exactly horrendous <sighs> that is that was a tangled web indeed very tangled web it's a very interesting case but it's just yeah. fucking tragic it's like it's really so all, all just like i just oh it's crimes of passion of like ones like that i'm just well like, it's like i think it's oh. not even that i think it's like it's just that it, this woman was clearly unhinged, but the thing is, I like like Liz has got children herself. Yeah, you know, like I just don't, I I just don't, 
I is, don't understand it. It's it's. But she's she's like people said at the trial, she just showed no remorse. She was just like very kind of like no emotion. So you know, mm. sociopath. Well, you know, she she um was obviously unhinged. She probably didn't think she was doing anything wrong. Like yeah, exactly. you know, who knows? Like oh, it's just like trying to get into the the like into the mindset of someone that would do that it's like oh my god just like yeah why like wild that was crazy yeah a twisty a twists and turns galore it, truly yeah, it, was, it was good i thoroughly enjoyed that um but after that horrible story is it time for we, for us to just you know chill sit down take a cheeky little break it truly is although in all fairness we should probably rename this sec- section chat it's fate <laughs> probably <laughs> or like i prefer i like take a break because i, I, like I do you know what break, i bought yeah. i bought this book called um weekly world news mm. and it's like the all the best bits from the newspaper weekly world news which was like weird stories it was basically like national Enquirer on, on crack oh nice basically. nice so like there's loads and loads of stories there so i'm gonna pull some from that oh my god yes so. love that they're great so this week's take a break is from a um a a person named Nicola Howe from Ty- okay. from Tyne and Weir. Nice. Um, for anyone that doesn't know where Tyne and Weir is, that's in Newcastle. That's where people talk like that, like pet. Newcastle, Newcastle pet. Newcastle pet. Have you ever seen Geordie Shaw pet or Sherrod Cole? Are you love? Are you love? That's a bit. No, that's a bit. <laughs> well, well, like, and, and de- like, I'm, I'm from the, from... Ayo, hey, I'm from Newcastle. I'm from Newcastle Lake. Oh, God, that's awful. Terrible. Cancelled. Cancelled. Anyway, so this uh, little... Sn- it's, it's from a section of Chat It's Fate called Mystic Snippets. Mystic, right? love Mystic it. Mystic Snippets. And this one is titled Signs Across the Divide. Love what, it. What Lies Beneath. Nice. So Nicola says, Stepping onto a boat, my boyfriend grinned at me. This is going to be so much fun, Nicola. I tried to smile back. Of course it will. I was 20 years old on holiday in Tenerife. Lovely. Lovely. Um, and my boyfriend had talked me into joining him on a whale and dolphin watching trip. Now, that does sound lovely. Dolphin watching? Love that. Love nice. that. Nice. Um, it should have been a life-affirming experience, but for as long as I can remember, I'd had a deep... I'd ha- I've had a deep-seated fear of drowning. Same. Right? So why would you get on a boat? Yeah, that's true. Anyway. That's very true. As the boat set out, set out to sea... Um, she uh, says that she the boat was rocking violently back and forth and she looked over at horror of um, other passengers violently vomiting over the edge of the boat, right? Oh, my God. Oh, that'd be my worst nightmare. Yeah, so panicking, she goes below deck. She goes to the um, uh, captain and she says, is this normal? Right. Um, I demanded. She says she demanded. Is this I normal? <laughs> and he, oh, is this normal? No, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> I tried to do a Geordie action. Awful. Um, so... <laughs> The captain said, he laughed and said, it's perfectly normal. The water's just a bit choppy. And she's like, but what if the boat capsizes? And he said to her, you know, it won't capsize. But she still didn't really believe him. Um, And the trip... She knows best. She knows best. She's getting signs from across the divide. So, you know. Um, So she says the trip felt like it lasted for hours. Right. right? And by the time they got back, she was a nervous wreck. Right. But obviously, once she stepped onto solid ground, a huge wave of relief rushed right. over her thank god she was alive mm-hmm. and that was the last time she was ever going to set foot on a boat right. now some years later she went to a, see a past life therapist oh christ as one does <laughs> uh, remember it's from chat it's fate um nice. and she's always been like interested in the spiritual side of things so she wanted to find out about her past life so the woo the woo 
So she took on a visualisation where she found herself in a room looking at a hundred or so doors. Okay. Like that in the, is it the Mighty Boosh when they go into the Hall of Mirrors? I, I was thinking, like, what dreams may come. Oh, God, you fucking love that movie. I do. Is it the second time I've referenced it? It is the second time in a week. <laughs> or, like, or like in uh, The Matrix, if we're going to go back to last week, when they're yeah. walking down. Anyway, so um, she knew that they were all doors into the past lives that she'd lived. Right. Imagine, though, that is such a cool... Um, if you believe in all that, I don't. But, like, how cool would that be? I mean, yeah, it would be, but it's not real. No, of course it's not real. Anyway, and but unless you think it's real, it's real, guys, okay? That's true. That's um, true. So she opened one at random, and she found herself on a pebble beach looking at a huge ship. People were queuing to get on them, and she was among one of the people that was queuing to get on. Right. Right. And she was so excited, but then she saw the ship's name. Can you guess what it was? Go on. The Titanic. Oh, my God. Now, I personally am not aware of any people that boarded the Titanic via a pebble beach, but um, I don't remember that in the movie. Love it. Anyway, so um, she was on the pa- she was a passenger on that fateful maiden voyage of a young t- Titanic, and she was a young man that drowned when it sank. Wow. She'd met her end in the, as she says, I'd met my end in the icy waters of the North Atlantic. So that's why she's scared? Well, apparently, she said after the session, it all made sense. And this is why she was so scared of drowning, because she died in a past life. Um, yeah. Or she's just a human being with anxiety. I mean, yeah, that's probably it. Um, <laughs> that's not the only past life she visited, though. Go on. Right. My favourite one. Her past lives go right back to the dinosaur times, in her <laughs> words. Times. In her words, the dinosaur <laughs> times. She's even been an animal. Wow. And in this life, she's just somebody from Tyne and Weir. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So she saw one life back in Victorian times, which she was uh, her daughter, like, in this life. Like, it's it's bizarre. And her father and her wife and mother are just... It was was insane. She's had all these different lives. Um, It's always funny, isn't it, that they, they have, like, all these amazing, wonderful lives. And then, like they come back as just really boring people in it. exploring ne- their past lives. It's never like, you don't get like some, but who's like really interesting? Like Maya Angelou wasn't like, oh, in a previous life, I was Genghis Khan. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's always, you know, Nicola Howe from Tyne and Weir or Sally from fucking yeah. Hove. Do you know what it's I mean? It's like, fucking like that. It's like, oh yeah, I, I was once on the, ti- like I died on the Titanic. Okay, great. That's, that's like really interesting. What are you doing in this life? Oh, I just, I live in, Tone and wear, and I work in marketing. Well, in her picture, she's having a lovely cu- cup of coffee. Nice. So, that is the story of uh, Nicola Howe, who drowned on the Titanic, apparently, after boarding it on a pebble beach. Love it. Absolutely love it. That was a beautiful take a break. Nice little mystic snippet for you guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. Fully did. Fully enjoyed it. Good, good, good. Uh, it's Adored. My, it's our 20th episode next week. That's crazy. I, I, I'm just I've been trying because it's my week I've been trying to think of what to do I want to do like a good one 20th like a, episode special like a big one I'm thinking I've got two at the moment that I could oh. I could do and I've been skirting around the idea of this one for quite a while Eileen Wernos yeah you but could I do Eileen but I really want to do her justice mm. or controversially the murder of Princess Diana <gasps> Please do Princess Diana. So I'm like, you know, I've got a couple of balls in the air. Those are the ones I'm thinking of. Do Princess Diana. Do the what, sorry? 
do Princess Diana. What was that, sorry? Well, she was murdered, either way you look at it. The murder of Princess Diana. She was either murdered by the tabloid press, who persistently hounded her to the point where the paparazzi led to her death, Mm -hmm. or her death was something else entirely. You don't want to say any because you don't want to get in trouble. I'm not I am not worried about getting in trouble. I'm just I'm I'll I'll have to go back and rewatch that documentary that Lily Allen's It was dad. Liz. It was Liz. <laughs> not Liz Go not 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 Liz Golia. I mean Elizabeth HRH. Well that's the thing that's the thing because my perception on that's changed over the years because I originally thought I'm like oh yeah the queen cuz she's head of state. Mm. But after like a lot of the Meghan Markle stuff and mm. the Prince Harry interview mm. And him like talking about the firm yeah. around the royal family. Yeah. It's like it's like the government, isn't it? It's like the people that we believe to be the big powerful faces mm. of these things yeah. aren't usually the big powerful faces. It's the no, people it's the kind people of behind. That, yeah, yeah, like the puppet masters. I mean, I I I won't go into too much because maybe I'll do it next week. But you know, I I just one of the big things that I've kind of always thought is that remember it was the nineties, right? Yeah. And imagine the the firm's opinion of the mother of the future king of England uh, cavorting with a Middle Eastern man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's one of the big things that I think has always yeah. made me think, hmm. Because and exactly, again, out. how they've behaved towards Meghan Markle. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's... But yeah, maybe I will do, maybe I will do Diana or maybe I'll do Eileen. I'm not quite sure yet. I'll decide. I'll figure yeah. it out. Up to you. I think Diana's a very interesting one. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> what was that? Mm. I was just going. Mm. I was thinking mm, in my head. Mm, I was thinking mm. in my head about that. Um, mm. This there's a song on Spotify by an artist called Princess Di. Right. And it's whose dick is this? Oh, I know that song. You better tell me whose dick is this. Nice. I want to know whose dick is banger. Right. Anyway, on that lovely song. On that note. <laughs> on that note, thanks for coming to the meeting, guys. Um, Thank you. I'll see you all at next week's Zoom and yeah. have a great Bye week. Guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> see you at the. Fu- Wait, no, hold on, stop. Wait. <laughs> Fuck's sake! I always do this. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>